Everything you are about to hear in this podcast, Little Hobbits, is completely improvised. The film title and director's names are kept secret and safe from our guests and team until the moment we hit record. You must all work together to create a film that will undoubtedly be a box office smash hit. Go, fly, you fools, and enjoy this week's episode of the Improvised Movie Director Podcast. Jackson said, What I don't like is pompous, pretentious movies. One does wonder why he keeps making them. I've never been one for pretentiousness. I am who I am. Live, laugh, love. You can put that on your wall if you like. Today's director lives, laughs, and loves, and you see that come through in their films. I'm Martina Minow, and I'm joined today by Gabby Ball, director of Animal Farmageddon. Welcome, Gabby. Thank you very much. And can I say, Martina, can, can you please call me Gabs? I feel much more comfortable when people call me Gabs. Absolutely. Gabs. I do love it when guests let me get frightfully familiar. Well, I just want to say, Martina, like I'm an absolute fan of your work and, and I, it really is an honour to be here. Oh, well, I'm a fan of yours, Gabs. Oh, I already know this is going to be delightful. An animal farmageddon, my goodness. I, I loved it. It was thrilling. It was intense. It was moving. It was everything I want from a film. Well, thank you very much, Martina. You know, I do try and put a bit of my soul into everything that I do. And I feel Animal Farmageddon, it really pulled together lots of elements of my personality. I'm very proud of it. Right, rightfully so, Gabs, rightfully so. Now, obviously, I watched it the moment it was released. But for our listeners who may not yet have seen it, what happens? What's it all about? Well, as you know, there's lots of animals in the film. And uh, there also happens to be uh, an Armageddon. There's lots of explosions, there's lots of little fluffy rabbit tails, and there's lots of love, there's romance. Uh, I couldn't make, possibly make a film that doesn't have a bit of, a bit of love in it. Um, that, for me, that's really the crux of life. And, you know, I, I do regret what happens to some of the characters. I don't want to give too much away, but um, I do regret... Uh, some of the characters' journeys, uh, but I feel as though each of them teach us something about ourselves and teach us something about life. Absolutely. And um, I really liked the, the opening sequence of this film. We see life on the farm. We see the power dynamics between these animals. Who's in charge? Who's rising to the top? Who's on the fall? Who likes whom? We see it all on the farm. A real eclectic mix of animals and accents and power dynamics really sets the scene, I felt. Let's cut to. Get up, get up, get up! Another day on the farm, ladies! Come on, tap, tap, tap! It's time to get out! Stop that laying about! Why'd you always have to be so darn ornery, you gosh darn rooster? Well, that sure is just my nature. Same as you, you gosh darn crow. 
Look, you two, calm down, Butter. We're trying to snuffle for truffles. It's very important. We earn the most money on this farm. And it's about time that we had some respect, isn't it, Delia? Yes, yes, that's me, Delia. And my good friend, Dahlia, over there. She's a small hummingbird. Um, nectar. Nectar, nectar, nectar. Uh, good morning, Delia. And good morning, Oh, yet another small avian creature crushed in the side of a shire horse. <sighs> Don't be so sad, Boxer. I mean, I'm riding on your back, and you do so much good for all the animals on this farm slash swamp slash tundra slash Serengeti, where all the animals live together in harmony in one ecosystem which is ecologically improbable. Oh, you're so smart, Rover the dog. I'm happy to cart you around in this big, fancy chariot. I prefer carrying this to the plow. Hard to plow the tundra, after all. Hey, man. I have just awoken from my sleep as a snake, and I would just love to say that I have given up eating everybody when they are unaware. That's nice of you to do! Gosh darn it. You yelling again, you gosh darn rooster. Yeah, I love to yell. <laughs> now the snake's gonna eat us when we're aware of it, which I guess is better. <laughs> what a beautiful day on the farm. Another beautiful day on the farm. Such an array of creatures and... As you say, ecologically improbable, but cinematically wonderful, I felt. Yes, I wanted to represent uh, a wide variation of, of society. And um, I feel mm. I did that not only with the animals, uh, the, the many, many animals, and uh, and also the, the wide variation in accents. Yes, yes. Um, and, and it wasn't without peril, you know. At the, at the start, I thought, oh, this is very twee, isn't it? And they're all on the farm. They're all getting along. But actually, there's some undercurrents of discontent. We see, the, we see the, the truffle snufflers starting to think we earn the most on this farm. We should be recognised for our earnings. And I thought, that's the top 1%. I see that. I'm no stranger to metaphor. We see Dahlia, the hummingbird, snuffed out in the side of a shire horse because life is short. Nothing is guaranteed. So I saw those motifs, scabs, and I thought this can be hard hitting. Yes, that was my intention. I, I didn't want it to be just a, a, a twee film about animals, as you say. I wanted it really to be political, a political statement. Um, those those truffle snufflers, they they really do rule the roost, if you'll exp excuse the expression. Um, I do like to have some fun with puns. Um, and with wordplay, which I think is is more accurately what what that was there. Um, I, I I also I just you know people said to me when I was making this film, they said Gabs, farms, hummingbirds, really, and I said yes, hummingbirds on farms, and and a very stereotypical Southern American accent for the rooster thank you very much and and the critics they loved it that they, they they're raving well i don't i don't blame them and you know what you should always follow your heart i can tell you're the kind of director not afraid to ruffle a few feathers 
Um, and I'm really grateful for this film. I found it very inspiring. Um, it reminded me a lot of what's happening in society right now. The politics, the division. I thought it was very, it was very on point. Um, one of my favourite scenes from the film is where we start to see the division show. We've got the truffle snufflers on one side, and then we've got the very earnest, uh, community-spirited animals, the rooster, Rover the dog, the shire horse, and they just want harmony. They don't understand where this is coming from, and, and we see a bit of tension crackling between them, and I thought, Gabs, does this, does this draw on any of your own tensions in your own life? Martina, if you have done your research, which I believe you have, as uh, you are an exemplary journalist, um, you will know that I'm recently divorced. And mm. I pull from this in my material. I, I don't think I would uh, be able to make a film that, that didn't reflect my own life in, in some respect. And whilst I wish my ex-husband all the best publicly, in my work... I feel it, it comes out in in ways that uh, only my subconscious can can truly express, and um, and uh, the disagreements they are ongoing, and uh, and and for those purposes, I, I would like to say that um, any similarities between any of the characters in the film and my ex husband are, are purely coincidental, despite what I've just said to you. Look. I've been divorced three times and it doesn't get any easier, unfortunately. However, I know, Gavs, that, that a bigger and brighter future awaits you because this film, this film, although bleak at points... It's real, yes. Yeah. There is hope and I see that. And I, I see that for the film and I see that for you as my friend. Let's cut to the sequence now where we see the cracks starting to show on the farm. It starts little. It's the little things in life, isn't it? But you see that they're, they're bringing something much more seismic to the farm. Let's cut to. is it that all the larger animals get more of the food? I mean, I'm only a baby ferret after all, but I still want my fair share. Yeah, yeah, we baby ferrets are always overlooked and we do all of the real important work on the farm, going through tubes, going back through tubes. Fuck yeah, tubes! Hey there, little friends. You look frantic and I can't see any other pipes for miles. What's got you so riled up? Well, we just think that there's an unfair distribution of wealth across this farm. Yeah! We'd like to see that everyone has as many tubes as they're entitled to. Fuck yeah! Tubes! Well, I don't really care for tubes unless they're nice long tunnels for canal barges to go under with plenty of walkway for me, Baxter. But... I respect your need for tubes. We should take this to the Council of Animals. Here, uh... De Delia? Wells? Are you done 
snuffling truffles for now. Well, is one ever done snuffling for truffles? That's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he'd know. <laughs> oh, well, that's quite personal. Here, um, the baby ferrets wanted to, uh, wanted to propose something. Go, go on, here, get on my back. So you can see eye to eye with these absolutely fucking massive pigs. They're so huge. I can't believe I never verbally acknowledged it. But there's a lot of things I don't talk about that I should. I guess at the end of the day, it's because I'm a small man. Yeah, I mean... Although when we first met you, you seemed to be a, an incredible workhorse and someone to aspire to and spend lots of time with, you're actually a scumbag. You're just a scumbag yeah. who's not worth anything. Yeah, and fucking scumbag. We're going to boil you down for glue the moment you please. Yeah, big glue, bastard, big glue. Oh, well, that's fair. I deserve it. I never treat people I'm involved with with respect, and I refuse to pick up my dirty horseshoes when I leave them in the hall. I'm sorry to bother, but is this particularly relevant to the proposal of tubes? We've got snuffling to do. Anyway, back to the tubes. Kneel down, you scumbag! Yeah! Very well. I love to be in the mud. It's what I deserve. Squish me in further. We want an equal amount of tubes, and we want some of your truffles, even though we didn't snuffle them. Yeah, give us truffles! Well, that seems most unreasonable. I mean, we, we snuffle these truffles because they're delicious, and then obviously we sell them on, and that's how we have so many diamonds in the sty. I say, is he dead? No, because you can't kill a cockroach. That's what I always say. Yeah, fucking cockroach! This is unreasonable. I have no time for this. Delia, show them the door to the sty. Yes, here's the door. I will open it. It needs oiling, though. Alright, we're gonna leave, but we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back for your fucking tubes. Yeah, let's go. You taught your ex-husband exactly how you felt about him, and you didn't hold back, did you? Well, uh, as I mentioned before, Martina, any similarities to my ex-husband is purely coincidental. But he is a big, fat fucking pig. And, um, and I really wanted to make sure he knew that. Uh, and the death, the drowning, the near drowning um, is merely the start of, uh, of my feelings about him. Of course, and uh, it's purely, you know, as you say, not representative of your ex-husband, but all ex-husbands, all of them, should become glue. And then at least they'd be useful. Yes, exactly. Uh, with, without any, any uh, malice towards men or, or, or ex-husbands at all, um, they are completely useless mm. for the most part. I see that. So let's talk through some of the dynamics here. So we, we've, we've seen the ferrets make their case. They want more tubes and more food. Reasonable demands, I felt. We've had the rejection from the truffle snufflers, and I think how's this tension going to end? Talk us through how you were feeling in the filming at this point. What were your kind of inclinations? You know, I, I really wanted to build every character, every relevant, really relevant character, up to what I feel is the appropriate inclusion, which is, as we'll, I believe we'll see shortly, a, a, a big fight over resource because the planet martina as we know it is is falling apart there are literally chunks of it flying into space 
And that's sort of what I was trying to represent with the animal chunks. And, and again, I, I don't want to give anything away about the film. I do want viewers to, to experience it. But the animal chunks are chunks of the earth. And that, that is, that's on us as a society. Every single character in this film is responsible for their own chunks. Yes, yes, I see that. I see that very strong message, I felt. Yes, and, and, and as you say, there's a fight brewing. That pesky snake that we saw from scene one has got a dastardly plan. Goes to both camps to see who wants to get on board, and well, all gets rather heated, doesn't it? Let's cut to. So, are you guys seen or are you guys out from my dastardly plan? Well, I have to say, it's quite a good plan, to be honest. Tilly, how do you feel about this? viperous bastard intentions. Well, I think it's a capital idea. Rather than snuffling truffles, we'll just eat all the small ones. Yes, delicious, and hopefully our guts will distill them into small gemstones. Wouldn't that be great? I don't know if it'll happen, but fingers crossed, or trotters crossed, that's all them. But won't this have the problem of who will do all the small things once they're all devoured? Oh, yes. I suppose there are gutters to be cleaned and, and small ticks to be picked off the back of Baxter, or at least his corpse now, and, you know, all sorts of other small jobs. You know, who will make the tiny breads? But the top realtors men like us, we don't have any need of all the small things. You've got to think big. Yes, yes, I think you're right, yes. Uh, yes, yes, I've always been interested in bigger things. I, I want to be the biggest thing on the farm. I'm already the size of a shower horse, but I'm going to be bigger. I'm going to be bigger than this entire fucking sty, the barn dealer. Yes, if your system can make this happen, then let's eat all the tiny little creatures. Wait a minute. That sounds awfully ambitious, like you would do anything to get what you wanted. I would do anything to get what I wanted, which is to be very large. That's it. That's my motivation. Oh, Delia, you've you've always understood me, you know. Even when we were we were when the when you were first brought onto the farm, and I, I saw your lovely little curly tail and, and your glittering dark eyes, and the the fact that apparently we have the intelligence level of sort of a five year old, I, I I fell in love with that. That and your 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 wiggly nose. Not that I love you or anything. I've kept this a secret for years, but you know. Now that you're single and all, with your marriage to Baxter collapsing, I just wondered if maybe, you know, you'd let me take you out to the edge of the pen one night. You know, look at the stars, eat some dirt, and then spit it out and just kind of keep the roots and nutrients and pick feed that we get from it. It's too much, but I am someday going to be the largest animal on this farm. You want to get in while the going's good. Well, I have always been attracted to your size. It's true. No. I mean, after all, the only reason you were getting so large as to be a sidehorse was to attract me. After all, you know my attraction to sizable people. Exactly. The bigger the better, you always say. <laughs> size really does matter. Well, <laughs> 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 come here. That snake's gone and I'm going to be massive. 
So you're saying that if we eat all the big creatures, what? Then uh, we will rule the roast. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, after all, we can eat them from the inside out. For what is a mouth other than a big tube? Fuck yeah! Eyes are tubes. Yeah. Anuses are tubes. Yeah. Ear canals are tubes. Yeah. All big creatures are fucking tubes. Well, I can't say in my time as a rooster that I've ever heard anything quite like this. Oh, me, oh, my. I mean, I'm up for it. What do you girls say? Should we eat the larger creatures from the inside? I'm a worm, and I do that anyway when they're dead. Let's follow the example of the worm. My goodness. So many metaphors, I could barely move. Mm. So so we've got the big creatures planning to eat the small creatures. Then we've got all the small creatures planning to come together to eat the big ones from the inside out, like worms do. Meanwhile, Dastardly Snake, absconding from any kind of activity, just watches on and waits for the carnage to ensue. Much like a Tory government, I felt. Yes, exactly, Martina. That's exactly what I was going for. Tory, Tories. Yes, and I really wanted to get the audience off the scent, you know, because I feel up to that point, you really do believe that the snake would be the one that wants to eat everyone, having expressed that quite early on. And actually, he happens to be the most passive and uh, it's all the other animals that want to devour each other from, from the inside out. It just comes down to society and what we're becoming and how we take a sort of perverse pleasure in destroying each other when really we should be holding each other. Yes, that snake. That snake is the passive observer in all of us. That, that feeling of schadenfreude when we see people at their lowest and we do nothing. We watch. Sometimes we laugh. It made me really self-examine. Made me think. I need to engage more with society. I need to stop laughing when my rival Rowena Rowe falls flat on her face in an Asda car park. Imagine, Asda. But I don't know. No, no. I need to get better at, at stepping in and being proactive and being part of society, not just sitting on the sidelines. But it's not looking good for the animals on the farm, is it? The, the, the conflict is brewing. Smaller creatures have started disappearing in the night, gobbled up. Bigger creatures are waking up, chunks of them missing. It's all getting rather gory. But then one animal, one animal steps up to be the hero that unites them all. How did you decide? How did you decide which of them you were going to put into this role? That's a tough question, Martina. You know, when I was writing this, I I was really trying to uh, understand myself after my divorce. And deciding who the hero was in the story it came down to that self-exploration and the one that I feel most like is by far the shower horse they just want to get bigger and that's how I feel about myself I, I, I want to gather everything around me and devour it and become a hideous monster of greatness and uh and it is the shire horse that that saves the day yes which i thought was an interesting redemption arc given that we've pitched him as your ex-husband i thought my gosh she is so forgiving 
to take him from the lowest of the low, slathered in mud, to to being the hero. And and I I really I really appreciated the self examination there. And to quote my favourite band, the M People, you have to search for the hero inside yourself, search for those secrets you hide. Let's cut to the moment the Shire Horse brings order to a world of chaos. Animals ripping chunks out of each other. Carnage. The farmer has absconded from the farm. It's wildly out of control. There's a storm outside. Only one animal can bring them together. Let's cut to. Choke out of you! Well, <laughs> my chunks. Stop, everybody! We thought you were dead. I have been risen again. See how I float gently above the mud. See the celestial light that emanates from my forelocks. See the trumpets as they sound now. Beautiful. And now they're going to do a bit of a jazz number. Great. I came back specifically... Oh, they're still going. There. Well done. Nicely done. Yes, sir. Thank you, angels. I came back to tell you what I learned on the other side. A near-death experience and a huge amount of suffering pushed me to introspection. It made me consider the relationships in my life, the way I've mistreated people, especially my lovely ex-wife, Gabriella, who I still love, and now I'm totally jacked as well. I'm a jacked-as-fuck angel horse, and I want you back, baby. But in order to do this, I have to bring peace to the rest of the farm. So I say to you, friends, put down your weapons, take out your biting teeth, and put in your listening teeth. I say to you that the purpose of the animal kingdom is not to bite chunks for ambition. It is to love each other for the greater good, and also for my beautiful ex-wife who is right all the time. Gabrielle. My, my. If that wasn't a call to live, laugh and love, I don't know what is. It's beautiful. It makes me cry every time I see it. Especially the reference to the the listening teeth. I, I really had to dig deep for that. And um, I, I believe we all have listening teeth, wisdom teeth and listening teeth I just want everyone to really listen with their teeth. Me too, Gabs. And I hope Mr. Ball was listening with his listening teeth. And he can see what he did, the harm he caused, but the journey he could go on to be a better man. I hope you get a call from Mr. Ball at some point, Gabs. And I hope you get the closure that you so clearly do need. Thank you so much for your concern and your sympathy, Martina. Always, Gabs. Always. I've been there. Thrice. It's not easy. You've turned your pain into a smash hit. And for that, you have my lifelong admiration. So, Gabs, we see, we see the farm animals reach, reach a conclusion. They find a way forward. 
They find some harmony. In the closing sequence of the film, we see them living life on the farm. The farm is gone now. The usual power structure is dismantled. They've formed a new type of society, and it's quite radical, actually. Talk us through, how do you decide what the ideal world would look like at the close of Animal Farmageddon? You know, I, I, I wanted these animals to bring their chunks to the table once and for all. Mm. Really bring the best parts of themselves and to work together. And uh, a, an inspiration for this part of the movie is um, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And Frankenstein's monster is these animals. They really are the best of us ultimately and um they they hideous deformations pulled together by parts of themselves are quite beautiful in actual fact quite stunning i feel moved just thinking about it and i really think it it's my masterpiece i agree i agree let's cut to that closing sequence now where we see the animals working together despite their imperfections those things actually make them stronger here we go. Here's the closing sequence to Animal Farmageddon. And if it doesn't inspire you to live a better life, then we've obviously not watched the same film. As I said before, an anus is also like a tube. So why don't we combine ourselves into one being? Yes, that's a great idea. Fuck yeah, tubes! I think this is very wise. I shall use my celestial powers to complete you in each other. One giant farm animal becomes just one being. Well, I don't care for... Now that I have ferrets attached to me, I suddenly care about everybody else. Not to mention that when combined with all the other animals, you're the biggest animal there is. You're right, Delia. Quick, from one pig nipple to another pig nipple, let's smooch. I guess this goes to show that everything's better when we work together and also when we don't have to fulfill a purpose economically. We should all just rise above. At the end, we have created a new Eden and we the new Adam. Let us go forth from this place and create a new world with ourselves and free ourselves from our creator. Let's go to Reykjavik. Oh shit, let's go to Ingolstadt. That's where we want to go. Sorry, I got the directions confused because I don't have a head anymore. And just like that, they all lived happily ever after. Wonderful. Gabs, what a, what a piece. What a moment. Thank you. I appreciate that, Martina. Gabs, I've been a lifelong fan of your work. Tell me, have you got another film on the go? Martina, you know I don't like to sit around and um, do nothing, so naturally... My next film is actually coming out in in just a few months. <gasps> yeah, and it's a, it, it's a compilation of my own vlogs. 
Interesting. Interesting. Drawing on the personal again. I love that. And what's it called, Gabs? It's called Flog Off. Flog Off. Yes. Gabs, I do have a trailer for it. Would you mind terribly if we were to play it? I would love that. Here we go, listeners. Flog Off by Gabriella Ball, or as I know her, Gabs. Let's cut to... Hello and welcome to Flog Off with Gab Ball. Uh, today we'll be talking about how to murder an ex-husband and get away with it. Um, of course, I would love him to flog off. In a world where there's one woman, one camera and a whole lot of feelings, you get a first-person preview to the mind of the most brilliant director. The main thing to bear in mind when directing is that everything has to look really, really good at the end. Because if it doesn't work out well, the film will be shit. Always remember that when you're making a movie. And actors are just worthless. Hi, I'm Gabs Ball as well. Actors are just actors. I thought maybe for this scene, we could just use puppets as the ferrets. But I tried, but alas, uh, Stephen is downstairs. Packing his items into boxes. Fuck, fuck off, Stephen. Fuck off. You broke my heart. Yes, I've broken your croisière vase. A heart matters more than a vase. Can I can I keep one of the colanders? Because you've got three, and it would be good to have one. Of course you can't keep one of the colanders. Stephen, they were an anniversary present. You don't need three colanders, though, Gabs, do you? What if I'm making a big spaghetti? Hmm? Okay, fine, mate. Let's try and steal colanders from me. You already broke my heart. Jesus. One woman. Yes, hello. I am Gabby Gabs Ball. One divorce. No, I'm not signing the fucking papers. You can fuck off. Please, look, I just want to get this over with as smoothly as possible. I I know I slept with all of your therapists uh, together, but uh, look, a man's got needs, right? Am I right? Yeah, Fellas. you go for it. One chorus of chauvinists. Yeah, tell her. That's right. Get in the kitchen. Yeah, don't worry, mate. You come out with us. Come out with, like, Pogo and the boys. Yeah, Pogo and the boys. Pogo, Pogo and the boys. We'll get a lass. We'll take her home. Oh, Pogo and the boys. Pogo and the boys. Flog off. Coming to all paid subscription internet websites and all of Steve's Bluetooth-enabled devices in three days' time. This is a threat. I actually met Pogo. He was quite the lad. Mm. Well, Gabs, I can see this will go from your heart to mine. It's deeply personal and um, very brave of you to put this out into the world. Thank you, Martina. Um, I, I do hope it will uh, it will help all of those lads come to their senses. Mm-hmm. And I see in you, Gabs, that you are someone who wants to support people. So, do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners? Look after your chunks, people. Look after your chunks. And put in those listening teeth. Thank you so much, Gabs. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you.
The Improvised Movie Director podcast featured Sabrina Luisi as Martina Minow, with resident improvisers Vicky Hawley and Rory Vieira. With special thanks to today's guest, Liv Long. IMDP is produced and edited by Steve Tanner. Theme music by Matt Brown and Johnny Griffiths. Episode artwork by Marty Sears. Follow us at ImprovMoviePod for updates on future episodes and live shows. Improvised Movie Director Podcast is a four-foot-one films production. <laughs>